What's up, folks? Welcome to episode 48 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. As you can see, Kofi Outlaw is still not back. Uh, he's enjoying some vacay. Uh, I am Matt Aguilar. I will be filling in as host today. Hopefully, I will do a decent job. As you can see, I mean, most of the audience is only listening. I'm talking, you know, I don't like to leave to people this. out, so I'm talking to those people who do give us a watch. What about the people who listen? The people who listen will also enjoy other things, Jim. Why every time, every time in this in this week, he's undercut me at the mom, movies. dad, stop right, <laughs> right in the intro. Uh, of course, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. We got to talk about Disney, uh, Mortal Kombat. We're also going to be talking about a uh, bunch of wrestling. So, of course, we're going to bring our wrestling extraordinaire, Connor. How what's up, everybody? What's going on, mate? Uh, and then, of course, we have producer Jim Viscardi on the couch as well. And so, he promises he's not going I'll play nice. to be on his phone or undercut me. I'll play nice. The people listening don't know that. Oh, he's on. He was, he was on his phone a lot last time around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling them. I'm filling the them Comic-Con in. train doesn't stop. <laughs> in any case, uh, we got a ton to get to, so, uh, so let's get to it. Um, first off... The talk of the town right now is The Lion King. Uh, it held its premiere. We were starting to hear reactions. Now we're starting to get like official reviews. There is no official Rotten Tomatoes score just yet. Probably get it by the time this is out. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, it holds a current score of 57%, which is... Unless a bunch of positive reviews come out in the last second... It's probably going to debut at a rotten. An right? army of uh, Brandon Davises, I think, is what it's going to take. <laughs> Our Brandon Davis is, uh, he did get to go to the event. He enjoyed cool it. Pictures, he did like it a lot. Uh, and, of course, you can check out our full review on the site as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you guys think about the clip so far? What do you think about the reaction? It's interesting because the reviews that don't like it are calling it like soulless and we didn't need it and blah, 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 blah. I don't necessarily know if I, I buy that as a criticism for okay. the movie. The soulless part or well, just like, like we, we, do we, we don't need it. It, it looks soulless. Like, you know, can you, is it a documentary? Is it an animated movie? Like yeah. who, who gives a flying S it's a movie. Yeah. That looks great. Yeah. It's got a stacked cast. I'm still excited for it. The negative reviews still have me excited for the movie because even reading those reviews, none of them have given me a, like have set off Pause. a red alarm. Pause. Yeah. They, yeah. they haven't given me a red, like a red alarm to not go see it. Uh, like, Fair. It's like, well, do you like seeing realistic animals? Yeah, I don't mind. Do you like <laughs> singing? Yeah, I like singing. Uh, so I'll go see it. Now, on the flip side, I've been listening to the soundtrack, and I've been a little less enthused by what I've heard, but I think I felt the same way about Aladdin, okay. listening to the soundtrack first, but then when I went to go see the movie, it worked better for me. Yeah. And so I have a feeling it will feel the same way for Lion King. I definitely have thoughts, but I want to hear what, it, it, your opinion. Based on the reviews, it sounds like if you went in with the opinion that this movie didn't need to be made... It's just a tech demo. It's just an echo of a superior movie from 25 years ago. It sounds like this isn't going to win those people over. No. But if yeah. you're going with an open mind, you might have a better time with it. And I'm not quite sure which category I fit I was going to ask. I mean, are you a fan of the originals? I mean, keep in mind my age. I, I was born in 93. So this is one of my first film memories, period. 
is this movie. This movie has stuck with me and is a staple of my childhood with God, the original. I, know. I mean, Brain, Brain, it's right there with you, I believe, because mm-hmm. I think even in his review, he was, 19, he was born in the. He said, so. like he says, this is the first Disney proper animated movie that he just remembers mm-hmm. loving. So, uh, if, Aladdin also, but it was, it was such a cornerstone of you know my life growing up. Yeah, like from the first five years of my life. So. If this does that justice, I think I'll be fine. But I'm hearing other things like the songs aren't great. The the facial animation for a lot of the characters, particularly the lions, is yeah. is like really stilted. Well, it's a it's a hard line for them to walk, right? Like, do you want to have it look as realistic as possible, but have them have cartoony mouth movements, or have them have somewhat realistic looking mouth movements? And I get it. But the the thing too. The animated movie does a bunch of things that you can't do in Favreau's version, right? Like you can't have Timon wearing a grass skirt or True. You know, you know, moments like that. Like like those are you know, great comedically timed moments uh that that bring a bit more flair and and a bit of whimsical magic, you know, Disney magic to the film that you can't do in Favreau's version. But, but at the same it, time, it, I don't know if they it like but that's the problem, though, right? Because that, is it a problem? It depends on because okay, when you said, you know, I don't have a problem with uh, a very accurate looking yeah. like National Geographic right. movie, or a problem with like these things being remade. I think those are like two separate things. Like those have been the two most lobbied complaints. I think those are two separate things. I don't mind something looking realistic. In fact, I like it looking realistic if as close to that as you can get. If we didn't already have Beauty and the Beast, Mm -hmm. I would agree. But Beauty and the Beast walked that line with inanimate objects, objects that they made that skewed very close to. But I don't know if that's a that's a. You you have to compare this more to Jungle Book than you compare it to. But they did it with Jungle Book too. But that's what I mean. But but (laughs) But Jungle Book didn't feel. Baloo doesn't. Baloo has personality. Yeah. These from from again, none of us here have seen it, so we're not like we've lobbing judges. We've judgment. seen the clips. Yeah, yeah, we've seen the clips from all the footage. There's not that magic when you're looking at them, other than, and this is true for all the reviews so far, all the impressions say Billy Eichner's Timon and uh, Seth Rogen's Pumbaa are the lone exceptions. Like mm-hmm. those two, for whatever reason, had like when Timon pops up, like me and Charlie were talking about this earlier, right? When Timon pops up, he looks like the way his mannerisms are. Mm-hmm. He's He feels like the actor who is playing him, but he also feels like the character you remember. Yeah, The other ones don't. They just look like really amazing. But they're lying. Looking lions. What, what, do what does it matter? To... He's just a different animal. What do you, you can expect? Get that, you can get that across. No, but, but meerkats are or already skittish type animals, like skittish type animals, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, that's easy to do. They already act like that. You, okay, but you just cited Jungle Book. And right. Jungle Book, like, panthers are really emotive? No, the, but they I, still I wouldn't say, <laughs> say the I wouldn't say he was, he was he's more emotive, emotive. Uh, from the from the clips I have seen, they they did a much better job. We'll have to see the movie and see. And it's true. We'll, it's we'll true. It I just think like I think you can't if it was going to be if you knew that you're adapting a Disney film, you can't go into it with we're just going to make this as realistic as mm-hmm. possible. Well, I think also too, like even comparing Jungle Book, like Jungle Book was already a much older animated movie, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. so as far as what it could do. 
was already limited to what they did with the Lion. Like when the Lion King came out, it was a it was hailed as a technical achievement yeah, for all the it's things. Still that a they gorgeous did. movie, right? Exactly, and so so I think it it was e- potentially easier to adapt something like the Jungle Book and get away with it because I think everyone's got these very nostalgic memories of the Lion. King. I mean, the nostalgic. It's still a great looking movie. Yeah, Lion King is great, and there's a there's a scene. I saw someone compare basically the opening lines of um, Akuna Matata from the clip that we saw with the uh, the animated movie. And in the animated movie, Simba is jumping around a lot mm. more and everyone's a bit more active. And in the live action version, he's not. Yeah. And I don't know if that's you, – you can see that and be like, oh, yeah, Lion King, the Pharaoh's version is going to totally suck. But you don't see the whole see the whole scene play yes. out, and so you don't know. Which is where I agree with you, right. because a constant fight for me in this office was Aladdin, yeah. and when you listen to that soundtrack by itself, mm-hmm. it does it's not come off place. nearly as impressive as when you see the visuals and how things are laid out in a scene. That that soundtrack makes ten times more sense, has much more impact. I will give it that, which is why I haven't made like a ruling on how I feel about the soundtrack yet. I want to mm-hmm. see it all together, music. It also impacts the scene. So it's like it's like listening to a, a, the soundtrack of a musical. You, you can listen to the soundtrack of Wicked twenty times and get a certain picture in your head. It's not going to match what you actually see on stage. I would see, but I can listen to that that soundtrack over. And it's over. a great soundtrack, but it, <laughs> it, it's it's you absorb it differently. Yeah. when you also have a visual medium to go with it. I will give Charlie because when during our conversation earlier. Uh, he did actually mention an interesting point, which I thought I, I hadn't really thought of before, is that Aladdin and Lion King are probably going to debut their official scores with the, either the same score or right around the same score. And yet the feel is completely different because Aladdin had people, very critics and early reviews were very underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And then and that movie made a bunch and of money. And that made a bunch of money, but also audiences tacked onto that movie in a different way. And this feels like the opposite. We've been told that this is going to be the you know, the pristine version, right, as, as he put it. Uh, and now it feels like the audience reaction might be the polar opposite. It's still going to make a ton of money. Well, I feel the difference is, is, the, is the look, right? Like a lot, of, a lot of the early buzz for Lion King really came down to it looked gorgeous. And yeah. so everyone just assumed, oh, it's going to be great. And so then critics are immediately biting their tongue because, you know, they said, oh, my gosh, this movie looks so great. And then came out and said, well... We didn't really like it that much. I think audiences are going to go see it no matter what. Yeah. They're still going to. I mean, are you going to see it? Yeah. And, and But to me, I hope the lesson that we learn from this isn't, hey, we can make these animals look really cool. It's, hey, we've basically mastered photorealism. So <laughs> now let's take that and use it in a new story. Because I think you could capture a lot of people's attention if, if you are building something entirely from scratch yeah. using those sound stages. Yeah, know. sure. But at the same time, you got to yeah, also think the, these franchises for Disney have been a, an ongoing source of income for them, for sure. right? And so the animated Lion King came out, you know, when you were a kid. And now this one, these live action ones are coming out with a whole new generation of kids where the, these movies will be their Disney classics uh, and, and they won't care about the animated versions. To, or, I'm not, you know, you I'm know, not sure, but they won't, yeah. they won't revere them in, in, as much as I would say, seeing these for the first time and attaching to, to these versions uh, in that way, building a next generation of merchandise lines and all that other 
crazy crap that goes along with for, for sure, but you also have to think about it in the long game. If this is the adaptation of the original, no. in the next generation, is it going to be an adaptation of an adaptation? Or are you going to have to finally start making up? I mean, as, well, like, okay, the cynic in me says eventually, yes, yeah, they, they will have more technology at their disposal and they'll remake these as they did. Now they should leave a gap. We'll they, we'll they will finally have trained lungs. We'll have yeah. anamorphs just yeah, turning people Right? Yeah, it'll be real animals in the thing, right? Cause, and that's other people's thing is that this is not truly live action, even though whatever. Uh, I'm still holding out hope that I will get an Oliver and Company and a Great Mouse Detective live action remake uh, for Billy, me. While Billy Joel's still alive. So, uh, uh, yeah, right. You got to hurry up. Uh, so that's not the only uh, cool movie that got some news today. Uh, we also learned that Sherlock Holmes, the third long awaited movie, uh, the franchise that stars Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law uh, as our uh, favorite duo, that is finally moving Ford. We knew it was kind of in development, but it finally got director. Uh, it's going to have Rocketman director Dexter Fletcher attached. Uh, Downey is returning. Law is expected to return. That has not been confirmed. Uh, it's been a while since that franchise had its sequel. Both of those movies did really well. From everything that surrounds us, it always seems like it was a scheduling thing more than anything. I mean, Downey's been, of course... Well known, he's been he, he quite busy, been busy making seventy five million dollars on on the back end of Endgame. Um, but yeah, so how do we feel? Are you still excited for this? Are you excited about this pairing? You know, how do you feel about that franchise? For me, that franchise is has is a success because of its total package, and that total package includes Guy Ritchie, okay. and I think a lot of the the visual identity for that movie is all you know, built around Guy Ritchie's style. And so I'm cautiously optimistic. Like, I think Danny Jr. and Jude Law are great as those characters, mm -hmm. and that world is, um, this version of that world is a ton of fun. I saw Rocketman. I loved it. I thought it was great. But to me, I, I really wanted to get another Sherlock Holmes with Guy Ritchie at the helm. I know Guy Ritchie has had not the greatest track record. You know, he's very hit or miss. Yeah, especially but this, lately. But this franchise, though, feels perfect for him. Like, Well, that's why the first two were. Well, that's, right? that's yeah, the first, like, exactly. the, like, the first one was so was so so groundbreaking for him in, in his style that the second one grew upon that, and I would love to see him take the stuff from one and two and continue that even further in, in three, but I guess we won't, so. You big fan? See, for me... This was coming. These two were coming out at the same time as the Sherlock series. Okay, with Benedict Cumberbatch was really yeah. taking off. So comparing the two, I always preferred the show. Yeah, as opposed to the movies, they were different takes mm -hmm. on the on the source material. It was, and then in there you had Elementary too. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was. They were different show. interpretations of Sherlock. Mm -hmm. You know, and not just from the ones modern day ones taking place when the original stories were written. The way that the character was portrayed, you know. Downey's portrayal was much more grimy. Mm -hmm. He was calculating, but he was also willing to get his hands dirty. Cumberbatch's character wouldn't do that. He'd, He's monolog very aloof. He'd monologue yeah. for 20 minutes. Yeah. While it was entertaining, it, it kind of lost its way towards the end of that series. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of with Jim. It's, you know, Guy Ritchie kind of defined this, this version of London mm -hmm. that these two were running in. He was the, the underground crime syndicates that you're running into. Moriarty. Yeah. Uh, the, hell, the waterfall scene. With yeah, and just about like the action like, and just all of that. Yeah, and just like the the way Sherlock 
sees sees things and like calculates like left hook hit the lung because he's a, he's a I smoker. love yeah mm-hmm. like those scenes are great mm-hmm. and that is completely a, a Richie creation mm-hmm. and it's if you lose him you might lose that or it might just be an imitation I was gonna say it, it more than likely will still be there because right. that is kind of intrinsic to the DNA of this series mm-hmm. but I agree I I mean at first. When you say that name and you go, oh, a Rocket Man director, and I'm like, okay, well, that's an interesting fit. I'm not going to write it off because, you know, we've mm-hmm. seen this before where yeah. someone else comes in and they do a great job and they put their own little spin on it. But I agree. If there was a series that Richie is just, like, perfect for, I am bummed uh, that he is not a part of this. I, and they didn't say why either. I mean, I imagine it's probably scheduling mm-hmm. stuff. I wouldn't see why he wouldn't want to do another Could one. Could be a money thing, too. Yeah, I guess if they don't want to. The other thing I'm curious about is, and this is with with every adaptation of Sherlock, you run into this. It's how loyal do you say to the original short stories? Do you have him encounter the same kind of mysteries, the same villains? Obviously, in the second one, you went, you dove headfirst into his inter- encounters with Moriarty, his death, and you know, somewhat resurrection. Yeah. Where do you go with a third one, or do you make a completely new story whole cloth? I'm I'm waiting there's, to put there's judgment a, there's, on this. Until there's 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 a a bunch of short stories that For you sure. could kind of really go anywhere with it. Um, but again, it's one of those things where not having Guy Ritchie, like, where does that the narrative that has been built over the two, where does it go? What was the story that you know? If Guy Ritchie could have had the third, where, where would we? He would have taken it versus, you know, where's because he wanted to, to do he wanted to, a third movie. Like this has been forever now that we've just seen like, oh well, this person can't make it, so we're not doing it. And finally, mm-hmm. I guess they got tired of it. But like, they they kept hinting that the second one was like, we're gonna make World War One happen, and it's gonna happen. And by the end, he goes, this will happen no matter what. Someone else is gonna you know kill the Archduke if I don't, and. History shows that it would. So is the third one, <laughs> World War One, happening, or is it Sherlock trying to stop it again? I, I was curious what he had. I mean, mind either way, I'm very excited to see where this goes because I like the series. But again, I'm also like a shill for Sherlock Holmes. Like I will pretty much give it a shot, regardless of what it is. Yeah. It's very much like Robin Hood for me. I'll at least give it a shot. It doesn't mean I love it, but I'll at least give it a shot. Uh, that's not the only movie news though. We got kind of kind of move some stuff around here. So uh, the Mortal Kombat movie. Got its sub-zero. So uh, we've heard a lot about uh, Mortal Kombat kind of being brought back to life. This is a completely different take, but it's also been kind of compared to in, like, feel and vibe. They've referred to those that original Mortal Kombat movie a lot. So kind of interested to see what this is. Uh, we got the Raid actor, Joe Taslim as Sub-Zero. This is the, what's crazy to me about this is that this is the only character they have actually cast. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) to start with Sub-Zero, to me, I mean, you could just say, well, that just worked out. They found that person and they got that deal together. But to me, that could also suggest that, you know, that character is priority for them. Maybe this story kind of revolves more around him and I imagine his Scorpion you know, rivalry. Mm-hmm. So in previous movies, sometimes did and did not. So uh, are you excited by this news? Do you think this is a good fit? Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm tired of the the stories that center around, you know, Raiden, Raiden <laughs> Johnny Cage, and all, like and every the more the I more human ish yeah. army characters. Like, give me give lean into the supernatural side of Mortal Kombat, and that's a movie I'm totally interested in. You you got somebody from the raid as your first casting, and he's playing one of the ninjas. 
So I'm saying if we're going to go nuts with this in terms of the martial arts aspect, let's go all the way with it. Let's get the let's get the main guy from the raid. I got his name pronunciation right here because it's hard. Eco Elias. <laughs> Very nice. I saw that in the thing. And I was get, like, I'm not pronouncing that. Get get him as Scorpion. And make then that. Then you've got two of the guys from the raid. Guys, if you've never seen the raid, it's holy good. holy crap. Because yeah. it is it the fighting style they use is if you ever seen John Wick three, it's the it's the last. It's when he's fighting the two guys in the mm-hmm. big glass room. Yeah, it's that fighting style. Mm-hmm. And it's that movie is 90 minutes of that. Now imagine if we put that in Mortal Kombat where we've got people ripping out spines and skulls and hearts yeah. and someone yelling fatality from off screen. Like, let's go crazy with this thing. I do really want them to lean into that, you know, th- to lean into fatalities, to lean into like not I, just doing them. I want it to be more. Them. I want it to be more focused on like a tournament s- s- yeah. style thing rather than the weird story stuff that we've been getting in the last the mortals games. versus the yeah and yeah, taking like, over like the if yeah. this like if we're going to get if we're getting a movie that's based off of the last couple of games like as far as the story mode goes mm-hmm. I'm out really I'm out no time travel what no I'm totally out okay see I've enjoyed those a lot but but again I've enjoyed those because there is a ongoing story they have to go somewhere different because they did so many crazy things in the subsequent game so I it's easier to rationalize like, oh, well, of course he's time travels involved because where do you go now? Because you literally have like so much crazy stuff happening. Everybody's died already in like one of the old games. Like you, they've done so much. In a movie, you start with a clean slate. So I agree. I would like it to focus on more of an arena or a tournament thing because then also you give the pass to the story and the plot to then wink, wink, nudge, nudge a lot mm-hmm. more because it is a fighting it's centered on someone being, you know, acknowledging that like, I'm putting on a show for an audience. That also means yeah. the physical audience, and you can do a lot of those fourth wall, like, mm. little breaking things. There's a reason so many classic kung fu movies are about fighting tournaments. Yeah, it's a simple way to get a lot of fights into a short amount of time. Yeah, you know, Street Fighter could have done that when it did it. <laughs> <this> movie. <laughs> Instead, it gave us, of course. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm I'm very stoked for that. Uh, we also got other gaming news. This actually happened earlier in the week. Uh, but we didn't get to touch on it last time just because we got hit with a ton of Disney news. Uh, the Nintendo Switch finally, uh, Nintendo finally revealed the long-awaited and kind of expected redesign of the Switch. Switch has been like, I wouldn't necessarily go like Wii phenomenon because that was such a different it, kind of thing. But like Wii was like, a, was like a crash and bust. Yeah, this, this, was, is. this is like a real legit like Nintendo's kind of mm-hmm. comeback. And, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, while oh. I will say sales like, are, it, it's kind of a different comparing them to like PlayStation or Xbox is a little bit different, but like they're leading the pack in a lot of really interesting ways. So they came out with a Nintendo Switch Lite. They announced it. Uh, it's going to be one ninety nine. It is taking some of the kind of what some would consider core features of the Nintendo Switch. It's basically like if a 3DS and a Switch had a baby. Yeah. So it's is, the Vita. This is what it is. And not yeah, even a 3DS. It's a, if it's a, a 2DS. It's a, Vita, it's, it's a Vita that people will buy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Vita. Oh. Uh, such a good system. And no one bought it. Um, but I agree. And and it's in a 2DS kind of way, too, because they you know essentially fuse the Joy-Cons together. Like you can't remove right. them. Uh, it doesn't have it, – it's not compatible with a dock. It's so you so, can't stream it to your TV. Yeah. Which that to me is weird. I get it from an extent of that's how you lower the price yeah. is you take that tech out and you don't and you because also you don't have to spend the extra money to make the Joy-Cons 
removable. Yeah. You also make the screen. The, the one that bothers me most is the screen smaller because <laughs> I already have a big phone. So like I'm used to, I can game on my phone. But can big your enough. big phone play Odyssey? No. There you go. And it has a D-pad included, which is huge. Yeah. That's, that's also great. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, but for me, someone who's been on the sidelines and wanted to get a Switch, but the price is just a little too steep for me to justify a second console that, you know, because I already have a PlayStation. So this is kind of that thing of like, oh, all right, I might dive in there. Because honestly, if you look at the way people play the Switch, mm -hmm. it's not tied to a TV. Like the TV is when you get the house Bonus. alone one night and you're like, oh, great. See, Friday night, I'll play it stream to the TV. See, it, it really depends on how you play it. Because for me, mine's almost always docked, unless I'm yeah. traveling. Because okay. I, I can't play Super Smash Brothers on the tiny screen. I just, I can't I can't play it. Breath of the Wild. Like, I can't. I want the resolution. Okay. Now that's so yours is always doc. Pretty unless I'm like on an airplane. Okay. And you is a bit half and half. Like Pokemon I'll, I'll Pokemon let's go. I'll play on the go. Um Mario Kart I can play on the go. But other than that, like Super Smash Brothers, I hate playing handheld because I just can't see anything. If the screen's too small, the the stages are too big. Um, too many characters too many characters around, yeah. jumping around so do you feel like you two are kind of because do you feel like you're in the minority because a lot of people seem to just only use probably I, mean, I, just, I feel like an old man when I say I can't see the characters but like at the same time I'm like I don't care I don't I, I honestly don't care that much yeah I like the I love I love the ability of having it be portable yeah but I also love the op the opportunity to put it up on a sixty inch television. That's fair. To to me, you know, I already have a switch, so I'm I'm not compelled at all to get well, a new well, one. Yeah. Which totally makes you, sense. Yeah. And that's not who this is. To me, no. it's to me, this is more aimed at people like me. Yeah. People who have been on the fence, who see their friends come in here for like one week I came in and was like four people had their switches and they're like, oh well, it's I, it. like, I and play. like to be able to do local multiplayer yeah. like that is is phenomenal. Uh, because the their internet service is straight up the worst. Yes, and and to, but to me the real th news from this is that the three three DS is alive in name only. You, you, have, <laughs> you have moved Pokemon to the Switch. You have moved Animal Crossing to the Switch. You've taken your main console right now and made it just a handheld as an option. Yeah. The 3DS is obsolete at this point. There, there is no purpose for this thing yeah. anymore. And they, 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 they say, they swear they they're going to still support it. They're going to support they, it, but are there going to be any major titles that just go to 3DS? Well, see, that's the difference. Not a chance. They will totally support it. I mean, Nintendo's done this before, right? They will totally support it. Will there be any big name titles developed strictly for it? You might get one. And it's honestly probably just because it was already in development when they kind of came like up a, with this like idea, a, you'll get one. You you might get two, but yes, you, okay. I I feel the same way. Like the, the twilight is here. The things the that print that that system money, yeah. have moved on. Yeah, which is okay, which is fine. Like this does everything. You know, I mean, yeah, it doesn't do 3D, but even the people who own like original 3DSs, like they don't use the 3D. No one did. Uh, so I agree. Uh, we also last bit of news here. Uh, Zack Snyder, who. I swear we talk about it in this podcast all the time, but typically for Snyder Cut and Justice League related things, actually has a new project uh, that he's working on. Uh, it's going to be a show. It's going to be an anime, and it's going to be centered around uh, stories of Norse mythology, and it's going to be for Netflix. Uh, that is pretty much all we know. He's doing it with uh, Snyder, his, his, Snyder Cut Stan. His best buddy. Uh, Jay Oliva. <laughs> <laughs> his best buddy. Uh, 
Are you excited for this? Do you think this is a great uh, avenue for Snyder? I mean, it, are you look? If we can get Snyder un, unleashed and Snyder doing Snyder's style and the way that he wants to do it and whatever, then I think it'll be a, a very pretty thing to look at from a story standpoint. Who knows? It's because Snyder's very hit or miss. I feel on that point, but I do love Norse technology. But Snyder's got a style, and it'll be very interesting to see that style adapted to an anime. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I think it could work. I, you know, I think. Um, uh, oh my God! Why can't I think of the movie he did before Watchmen? The girl Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch, which I still adore. Yeah, like like Sucker For Punch. All its flaws. Like, like Sucker Punch. <laughs> Sucker Punch to me is more like is like is almost like a live action. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like. And so if he takes those sensibilities and adapts it into a form of animation, I I hope it is a more 2D animation. He doesn't do- go that weird 3D anime route um, that like uh, Ultraman has gone, or, you know, and done. Really? That's surprising because I would actually like the other, but only because it would feel to me, feel more like one of his full on live action movies, which are absolutely stunning. Like even the movies I don't like of his, mm-hmm. which there are several, mm-hmm. I love how they look. Like Justice League is whatever. It's a gorgeous movie. Like mm-hmm. it's a Batman vs Superman. It's a, Stunning, Millie. There's some stunning scenes in there that, just from a cinematic perspective, it's gorgeous. I don't necessarily want them with my heroes and whatever, but it, they're pretty. Man of Steel has some stunning moments in it visually. It's it's awesome. Sure. I I mean, look. I, I, it, how do you it, feel about this? Are you I mean, upset? It, if you like muted colors in five different shades of brown, sure, it's beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> but no, not. I mean, honestly, with I've soured so much on Snyder yeah. in recent years, and if I wanted a Norse mythology version of the bell jar or Atlas Shrugged, I'd go hit myself in the head with a hammer. <laughs> wow. I want that, so <laughs> Man. I'm good. No Snyder fan club being started here on Comic Nation. I mean, we'll start one. But, okay, we'll, we'll start, start one. That works. I want a Sucker Punch, too. Can I get a Sucker <laughs> Punch, too? Uh, I, I adore that movie. So we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to get into, as Kofi would say, some wrestling. We're going to get into some of that, and we're also going to get into our rant and raves as well. So stick around. All right, so we get to talk wrestling. Cool thing, typically on this show, we talk about like one wrestling event that happens. It's typically it's like a WWE pay-per-view or in recent you know, uh, weeks it's been AEW, and we'll talk about one for that weekend. This coming weekend is slammed. With, Four shows. With great content, a ton of matches. I mean, seriously, if you are a wrestling fan, you will not want for anything this weekend. Uh, so, of course, let's get the rundown for one, I guess, of what's happening. And then also we'll kind of then get into like our biggest matches, what we want to see. So Saturday night, you've got Fight for the Fallen out of Jacksonville, Florida. That's AEW's next show. It's uh, running as... Uh, a charity for victims of gun violence on top of it being their last big live event before before All Out here next month. At the same time, WWE has decided to counter-program with Evolve's 10th anniversary show. Uh, Evolve 131 is the official title. And while all this is happening, on the other side of the world, you've got the second night of the G1 Climax Tournament, which includes John Moxley's I was say. debut in the tournament. So <laughs> quite a bit that night. And then the next night you've got a four-hour Extreme Rules pay-per-view, which your mileage may vary on that one. But yeah. quite a few matches that at least have my attention. So we have a lot to pick from, right? Uh, and it is, it is kind of funny that, like, 
you'll see a mix of WWE stars and NXT stars at Evolve, right? And then you'll also see some AEW people pop up at G1. So if there's a what match, or it can be matches, what match or matches are you looking forward to the most, regardless of program, just over this weekend? Please don't say plural because I have like 10 on this list. Okay, okay, fine. So we'll say one. We'll say one. Jim, do you, you want to give a shot? Um, I, I honestly am looking forward to the Cody Goldust um, Young Bucks tag match. That's fair. Um, I think, you know, I just, I, I love Gold. I've been a huge Goldust fan, and I think I love his, his style, his moveset, all that. And just see him be able to do something with Cody, you know, with uh, a team, like, like against a team like the Young Bucks, I think it'll just be a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it's anything like, the matches that they put on for uh, Fighter Fest, you know, separately, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the the Young Bucks tag match, and and then uh, you know that that Cody and Dustin match from Double the last event, Double yeah. or Nothing. Um, I think we're in for in for a real treat with that match. Cody's been hitting out of the park in terms of storytelling, and the Bucks have been killing it in terms of just Showmanship. raw ability, out, out, outright spectacle. Yeah. So if you put those together, it's going to be interesting to see how those two things collide. So is that your pick as it's well? It's not my pick. My ah. pick, shockingly, is a WWE match. And it's it's at Extreme Rules. And it's AJ versus Rich. I knew you were going to say <laughs> you, have te- you have teased us for two weeks in a row with a main event AJ versus Ricochet match. And what happens each time? Three minutes in. Oh, we got to go commercial break. And we have a rule now where we can't wrestle during commercials. So uh, 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 restart the match. Uh, and we'll wait four minutes to restart until commercials come back. And then we get like a six-minute reviewed thing. To hell with that. Give me 15 to 20 minutes uninterrupted of these two, and they will burn down the house. So, okay, so why are you poo-pooing? Is it because of AJ or is it Ricochet? Because please don't tell me you're poo-pooing Ricochet. I I am concerned that WWE (laughs) is, is going to be forcing Ricochet down people's throats in the same way they tried to do Roman, and people are going to get tired of Ricochet. Okay, but here's the difference. Ricochet built this outside of WWE first. People already loved him, and all WWE is doing is giving fans what they want. Just Roman Reigns just don't want it to be a spot. no one wanted. But here's the thing. But like, but you you run a very fine. You walk a very fine line when you have wrestlers like AJ and Ricochet in a match together for the the match to to be a spot fest. Yeah, but you have to admit AJ is more interesting as a wrestler when he's a when he's a heel. Yeah, yes, and that's what he's going. And when he has when he has when he has the club club behind him, which he does. But he needs the club behind. Like, and that's the only reason why. Like, you know, I'm not like saying, oh, this match is going to be like awful because hopefully the you know club gets involved and and AJ does a bit more like dirty work. Yeah, Uh, but still, I just I don't. I, I my concern is that this is you. Take the uh, a lot of the storytelling aspects of it become lost if they're just flying all over the damn place. I can I agree with that. I don't. Th- I think these two won't let that be the case. I think there's just. I mean, I it's haven't that, seen a Ricochet match. That I'm concerned liked. about right. It's it's the man in the ear. Well, that's true. But I think in their case mostly because of AJ in that in that sense I don't think I don't, I don't think we're going to get there I don't think about mine well then you probably hate mine cuz mine won't be mine's not AJ Ricochet though they were runner up 
Mine is Kofi Kingston and Samoa Joe. I'm good with that. Because I, I was worried you were gonna say the main event, and I was gonna be oh, like, no. are you out of your mind? No, I and yes, I mean when we're referring to the main event, we're referring to Becky Lynch, to Seth, Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin, and Lacey Evans. In a Hop, stand on one foot, last <laughs> no, you're gonna try and pronounce winner that. take all through a table off the top of a ladder, yes. trifold match. Like, that thing has so now, many guys. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the Becky Seth stuff. Oh, I'm buying stop. that shirt. I'll buy the shirt. I'm, Hard I'm good. I love it. But I'm not at all looking forward to that match. Like, I'll be ready to move on. I'm ready for both of them to find new rivalries and do something fresh. Like, I'm, I'm okay with this. Yes, please. Uh, but Joe has been robbed. He's not going to win this, though. I, I know. You but know here's the thing. I'm not even, I'm even okay if he doesn't win it. What I'm, what I'm not okay with, now, the only reason I think he might win it is because if there's any truth to the Kingston being a little nicked, he's going to take some time away. They might put the belt on him just for him to recover and then come back and get it. If that's like the it's case. It's really bad enough for that. It, well, that's the thing, right? It's, it's a degrees. So if not, though, I just want them to give Joe a full match. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is consistently I robbed. to give him a run. Or something. like They always do this thing of like he's competing for a thing, and then it's some four-minute... Someone runs in, someone gets hurt. They're they're starting to treat Joe like they did Bray before Bray went on a break where they would build they would build Bray up as a as a threat and he would actively be a threat. He'd cut great promos, but he would lose and lose and lose. That is how it feels for Joe. And Joe's had a belt. Yeah. Right? And it's still the same thing. And so like that's why I just I'm just looking forward to just give them a full match, no stupid cutouts or whatever and just let them because joe is fantastic i think he'd do some great work against kingston because they have opposing styles i think it'll be really good so that is my most look forward to match i hope it delivers there's no one looking that. forward to uh the potential of the undertaker coming back as biker taker so now we're going to get to my uh <laughs> most uh matches are going to under deliver <laughs> biggest letdown and we'll start with me that's a perfect cue up we'll start with me i think the undertaker and roman reigns versus shane don't mcmahon mean, don't you mean the graveyard dogs oh, god so the graveyard dogs is the tag name that wwe has given Roman Reigns and The Undertaker so it debuted on a shirt. It's, it is so dumb, but so perfect. It's the greatest Especially, dumb thing. Here's the thing. Here, here's why it would be perfect. If we get that, if that, you know, if we don't get the dead man taker and we get, you know, the more shoot fighter, you know, American badass. Not American badass. because Big evil? Yeah. If we get more big evil taker yeah. uh, for this, then bring it on. Especially, and Jim has said... That if, if he they comes win. out as if they win, oh no! If he no, comes out, if he comes out, if he as, comes out as as that taker and not yes. dead man taker. I'm buying that. shirt. He's grabbing the shirt. I will <laughs> buy that shirt and I will <laughs> wear it as soon as it gets here on the shirt. <laughs> get on a record. Uh, so that is my look. I will give Undertaker credit. Last time in the Goldberg match, and I felt so bad. Uh, he looked. It was an awful match, but it was not his fault. He looked considerably better than the last time I had seen him, so I will give him props there. I'm just over he is in much Undertaker. I, I'm over Undertaker as a as a gimmick, and I'm also <laughs> under I'm over Undertaker. Just just let him rest. He doesn't look as good yeah, but as anything, he used but, to. But they're probably just gonna like he will probably spend most of his time in the ring um, with Drew. I would imagine. Yeah, because. Because Drew will be able to carry 
the Undertaker a bit through Those. spots and stuff like that better than Shane would because Shane is not a wrestler. He's, I think he's going to just get the hot tag and Roman's going to take most of the beating. Taker's going to tombstone uh, <laughs> McMahon and yep. then something sets him and Drew up for down the road. So are we are we basically just assuming that The Undertaker is too old to do the last ride anymore? Is that... On Drew, there's no way he could... Yeah, no. But, but Shane? on Shane? He hasn't done it in a very long time. Maybe that's why Shane's in the match. Maybe maybe <laughs> he, Shane's just to, like, you can lift me. You can do to it. Get the, to get a last ride <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, do it. You can do it. I'll take it, man. No, no. one does No one does a, a, a lifted jackknife powerbomb anymore in a way that the take Undertaker does. Nah. I just want to see that. I, I mean look, I hope I hope you get one. I'm not looking forward to this match. I hope it it surprises me. Is that Can so you what's your come out on a motorcycle so, together? You would just be on cloud now. I would lose He would lose his mind. Just have matching vests with patch that say graveyard dogs <laughs> oh on God, God so yes. bad. No. Okay. Because then that means they're gonna make a toy of that and I will totally <laughs> One hundred. It's all about the toys, man. So, what is you like? What are your matches that you think will underdeliver? I, I think the Kofi Joe match is going to be the one. Oh, what for me over AJ Ricochet after that soliloquy you just I gave. Mean, <laughs> I mean, they're both. They will both under. They, I think they will both do that for me. But I'm, I'm more invested in the the Kofi Joe one, and I will therefore be more upset when it inevitably doesn't deliver for me. Because here's the thing. Fair enough. There's uh, Comic Cons coming up. Yeah. Literally the week after this Sunday. Yeah. And there's no way they're taking the belt off. I Kofi know. For that. No. They're giving us Kofi Orton at, May, at SummerSlam. Ugh. I need okay. it. I need Ugh. it. I'm so, I need I'm not looking forward to that. Can I, I put need, that on my list for SummerSlam? Just put it I on there now. I need that therapeutic <laughs> Orton getting kicked in the head and pinned. So which one are you not looking forward to? I'm not looking forward to the main event. Fair. But I've got a list of matches that I'd much rather see. All right. So, uh... So this this so this gets us to our third point. Uh, which show do you recommend people watch? We got four shows to pick from. What is the one? Now two like one doesn't really matter because it's on a separate night. So, but just if they're uh, only going to but catch one is one also going to be at two in the morning. Yeah, true. <laughs> so if they're going to catch one pay per view this weekend, what do they catch? Catch fight for the fallen. Okay, like you you can watch evolve and like the Drew Gulak. You Matt are Riddle you match. are a true AEW are, fan. Are gonna. <laughs> Like Gulak no, and Riddle's gonna be great. I'm, hey, AEW success is better you're, business for you're us. You're a mark. Is better business for me because it makes things interesting. <laughs> Evolve is gonna have one or two good matches, but not must see at the moment. Yeah. G1, if you're like me and you're crazy and you want to watch every match in that tournament, you can save this for the next day. You don't yeah. have to wake up till watch the highlights. Like Moxley's match is gonna be a comedy match anyway. It's against Tai Chi. Yeah. His thing is he's bad. That's that's his, that's his gimmick, is he's bad at singing, and he's bad at wrestling. Um, Extreme Rules, I'm watching it no matter what. Yeah. And it's going to have some good matches. I think I think Alistair versus Cesaro is going to yeah. be great. That tag match with for the SmackDown tag titles could steal the I keep show forgetting that they again. added that match. Yeah, that, I'm um, looking forward to that, too. Heck, Revival and Usos could be great if they just let it. You know, let it be what it could live up like, to with yeah, potential. Like, yeah, don't try and do something crazy. Thing. But Fight for the Fallen, here's the thing about it. So you've got the tag match at the end. That's mm-hmm. going to be good. But you also have to keep in mind that this is the last live event before what is their WrestleMania, essentially. Yeah. So this is the, sh- the night where they take full advantage of, we've got people watching, now let's hype up some matches. Yeah. We've only got two. And it's free. And it's free. We've only is- got two matches hyped up for August right now. Yeah. 
you could easily book book either officially announce or hype up another five in this show. The card itself is not that exciting. I'm more interested to see what's happening in the margins. I, there, the potential for surprise appearances is huge, and and debuts and things like that are more apt to happen on Fight for the Fallen than anywhere else, and that is always very exciting, um, especially you know with the talent that AEW is is bringing and, and all that. Sure. Um, so, so I mean, you know. I think Fire the is going for it to be free and all that. I think it's going to be a good show. I think there will be the the still the barrier. I think for a lot of fans is they still don't know who a lot of these wrestlers are, and there's no reason to care about uh, any of these wrestlers. Um, like, it, does MJ MJW have a match for MJF? Um, MJF? He, he is. He's on the uh, kickoff show. He's See, that's the thing. It's with like Spears, right? With Spears, which I think is going to oh, why right. it's going to be screwy because they're on the same side and they hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so my thing there, so my thing there is he feels to, to be, MJF feels to be like one of the, the only stars that, uh, they seem to be trying to build around and he's one who is getting a lot more headlines and things like that. And he's fighting an ex WWE guy and, and any of that. And so like, so that one's an easy one to sort of get into and potentially learn more about and about, you know, someone, you know, with someone you don't know, but then there's a lot of, lot, you know, some matches where people you just straight up don't know. And so it's hard to, if you're someone who comes to wrestling for the entertainment value of it, it's harder to watch than if, if you're a wrestling fan and want to see cool wrestling, then yeah, it's a, it's a no brainer. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that's where the, the barrier is for Fight Fallen. But I think if someone's looking for an alternative, then you definitely need to watch it. It's Saturday, watch it. Yeah, and then and then go watch Extreme Rules on, you know, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of fall in line there too. I mean, I think my pick would be Extreme Rules just because as a overall card that interests me more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there are some key matches on all of those shows that I will probably just afterwards, you know, like. Fight for the Fallen is the one you watch on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then you watch Extreme Rules on the other, and then I'll just catch the specific matches, Moxley or whatever. I'll watch those after the fact. But rules as a whole thing, there's more that interests me in those things, especially like the Aleister Black Cesaro, seeing what mm-hmm. develops there and everything. There's a, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, Bailey uh, Bliss could be really good. It could be so-so. Uh, it depends on how they treat the Nikki Cross thing, how they bring that in. Uh, I will watch... Uh, you know, Ricochet and AJ, I'll be, I'll be excited by that. There's some good storyline stuff there. And the last pay-per-view that we kind of talked about that had a similar card ended up being pretty good. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I, I think the I think the ceiling for yeah. Fight for the Fallen it's is higher. potentially higher. I can see that. Because I know by the end of Extreme Rules, I kind of know exactly where we're going to be. But here's the, here's the problem with a high ceiling, though. It's a lot to. It's a lot of room to fill, and exactly. if it doesn't, then it's like mm. it can work the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, momentum. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. Let's do just a quick uh, rant and rave segment. Uh, so if I can, if you've got one mm-hmm. rant or rave, love to hear it. Jim, you want to go? I'm just going to use it as an opportunity to plug uh, Comic Con next week. Nice. There's going to be a ton of stuff coming. Uh, not only to the podcast, but to the website and for, uh, we're, we're booking a ton of interviews in the, uh, in our suite. Uh, this will be, you know, for walking dead fans, we will probably be the only interview that Robert Kirkman is going to do 
during the entire show. So we'll yep. get we'll get you know some stuff from him there. Uh, we will have a, a bunch of folks from Doom Patrol and some and Titans and you know a, a bunch of stuff. Not to mention the Marvel panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is Marvel is back in Hall H this year. We're going to get a ton of stuff. We will be on that press line. It, it just it's going to be a lot of fun. Not to mention for the on the podcast side of things, we will be doing a post show basically every day during during the show that will just sort of recap the the news of the day and things like that. So make sure you check in your podcast feeds because we will have a new episode basically every day that we're there from Thursday to Saturday. So. Saturday shows are going to be the one that you don't want to miss because that's post Marvel Holly. Yeah, the big one. So um, awesome, Connor. I've got a bit of a rant. If you saw this past weekend, uh, WWE put up a new series called WWE Reimagined, and it was taking the hypothetical that Undertaker left the WWF in 1997, moved to WCW in '98, and feuded with Sting. Now I show this to a few. People that I know are fans of WCW, Jameson from mm-hmm. Pop Culture being one of them. He loved it. Here's my issue with it, and there's a, there's a lapse in logic in this, and I've gone into detail about why this video really doesn't work elsewhere, but the main thing about it that frustrated me is that this was a what-if that didn't think the whole thing through. Okay. If you pull out Undertaker in 97, here's what you lose. I got the list here. No Kane rivalry. No Ministry of Darkness. No Feud with Austin. No Tossing Mankind Off the Hell in a Cell. No Biker Taker. No Big Evil. You may have gotten Biker Taker. At the tail end, though. Yeah. Because at, at the earliest, he would have shown up as 2002. All right, but yeah. I, I think but the biggest I mean, what you're saying is like he wouldn't have gotten any of the big moments for the guys who have already been in, in WWE. Not to, me- not to mention the potential for other big events that he could have had with the, you know, the roster that WCW had. My, here's, but my thing is this: the way the video approached it is that Undertaker is he, what he is. Mm-hmm. He yeah. is what he is now is one of the greatest to ever lace up a pair of boots, yeah. and arguably the greatest gimmick ever created by Vince McMahon. In 1997, he was a former world champion and just one of the top guys. Yeah, not an all-time legend. Right. And if you moved him at that point from WWF to WCW it is very likely that he goes the route of somebody like Bret Hart where they don't know what to just do with for, him. He just got lost. And in, a, and in a month of him being there, he could have just been another guy in the NWO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And completely lost in the shuffle. And we would have lost so many iconic moments with him. So to make that hypothetical work, you gotta you get you can't put it at that time. You gotta go later. So you don't have a problem with the overall premise. You just think I don't have that a problem. Like the, I don't have a problem with the idea of setting him up with a match yeah. with Sting. At that time, doesn't work. Yeah. At any real time in WCW, it doesn't work. He has to be there for his moments in yeah. WWF for that match to matter. It needs to be more Sting coming to WWE than it is Undertaker yes. going to WWE. Which, by the way, when they played those, when they started playing those promos for that, I was in. I saw Sting. Well, but it, I'm like, I'm, it's a, I'm so done. So, it, so these, I think, are, were, were born out of a, a mini-series thing that they've they've done a bunch of like dream match type right. vignette. Yeah. And they, you know, they edit like, promo. I'm talking to you, but I'm really talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I thought were great, and so so I, I like the idea of this, but I think you know just 
I think we get a bit more nitpicky when it's like, well, that timeline wise. Yeah, because it's they're picking exact times and stuff. Yeah. I get that. Uh, well, that's interesting. Uh, for mine, uh, it's just going to be a quick thing. Uh, when this comes out, uh, you will want to uh, take a look at the site. Um, and it might be like a difference of like an hour or two. I'm not quite sure yet how like embargoes work. But essentially, uh, for this one, you will want to take a look at our site for the mystery project uh, from Bat in the Sun. Uh, we've been teasing it a lot uh, over the past week. And uh, Power Rangers fans will definitely want to take a look at it uh, when some stuff drops. Uh, trying to be vague. <laughs> trying to be vague, <laughs> but not vague. Uh, but yeah, you will definitely want to take a look at the power section. We'll have a bunch of stuff uh, about it. And all Matt, and I have seen the, Matt and I have seen the video. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. And it's very cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's very cool. It will make an impression. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So that's mine. Uh, real quick, though, before we wrap the show, I did want to uh, get one or two reviews in. Uh, so thank you for sending us reviews. Uh, keep it up. When you send us reviews, we will send you some cool swag, uh, which includes that Comic Book Nation t-shirt, which is fantastic. It's fire. Uh, so here I got, uh, let's see. Let's do this one. Uh, five stars across the board uh, by Billy the Kid. 40. Uh, so perfectly executed podcast, constantly entertaining every step of the way, even on topics I don't particularly follow and or are interested in. Uh, if anything, their opinion on said topics creates interest for me uh, wanting to check it out, i.e. wrestling, Stranger Things, etc. Uh, having multiple personalities on the podcast offers multiple perspectives on whatever's being covered. This allows the listeners to be more open-minded to the content rather than being stuck with their own opinion. I'm fired up that I found a podcast I can relate to and all of my nerves ways can't wait to hear future content best of luck kofi matt and everyone involved so that was, well, that was a great review well, a nice review uh here we're gonna do <laughs> so i have one that uh we might have there is a chance we might have read before uh and if that's the case well then i apologize i'll tell i'll, I'll stop you if i know if, if I, it sounds familiar all right almost as good as captain marvel does that sound familiar? No. You also know why I'm reading it. <laughs> so, and it has a winking emoji. So why very are you nice. Not wearing the shoes today. Uh, I know. I don't know why I didn't. It would a color coordinator with everything. Uh, almost as good as Captain Marvel by Vitamin Steve, which is a great name oh, as well. We've definitely read that one. Uh, we have read it. Yep. Ah! I remember the name Vitamin Steve. I got the title. I got the title up. Fine. Vitamin uh, Steve, if you haven't sent us an email already, please do because we read your. I, I know read we definitely it. read it. We read it twice. Uh, has it all? You only get one shirt though. That's true. Uh, has it all by Dickie Mac. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and this has become my go-to for all my comic book movies and even staying up to date with WWE, even though I don't watch anymore. The banter and hosts are great and feel like friends just minutes in. Love this one. So very nice. So we will go ahead and uh, we will read more on future shows. Uh, so if you do have reviews, just leave them for us on any of the podcast uh, places. We hit, we hit 100 which is right? pretty cool. 100 ratings. That is pretty awesome. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, so we are available on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, of course, iTunes. And then you can also say Comic Book Nation to an Alexa device, and it will pull us up there, too. Uh, so make sure to send us reviews. Make sure to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you can hit me up at Matt Aguilar CB, at Connor Casey underscore CB, and at Jim Viscardi. And we are here every Wednesday and Friday. So come back and join us. Peace. Later. <laughs>